Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage, this is The Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two lost brothers wander in the wilderness and just catch up. Are we I'm lost? I'm Sal Biazzi, <laughs> and wandering with me is my brother, Frankie. We're so happy to have you here. <laughs> On this journey. Hey. Hey. Let's try something different. Hey, you can do what you gotta do. <laughs> I'm just here for the for the ride. Quinn's here too. Quinn's got cocaine on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> he does. What is that? What are you doing, boy? Alright, so how was your week? <sighs> had a bad baseball. Bye bye bye. I had a bad baseball game. Good. I went to Old Town Alexandria in Virginia. That's cool down there. It was very cool down there. Um, I said, that was about it. That was I, like said, my whole I said week. it to you when you told me you were down there, but my thing with that is like it's too bad the CIA and like all that is down there because it makes it makes yeah. It no, shitty. besides that, it'd be a really cool area. Yeah. Um, man, there is so much going on in the world, and there's so many directions and avenues we could go but first I just wanted to tell you that I love you thanks I appreciate that I would say I love you too but you were just really mean to me before we started recording the podcast well, that wasn't mean I told you it was a compliment you said I have a douche mustache but I said you look like a cool superhero. What if I in disguise as a dude? If I shaved the rest of my face and just left the mustache, that, would then... be, that might be cool. I don't know. You, but you see the whole glasses, mustache, bun look. Well, the, like you look like a barista. You look like you're an author. That's the worst. Living in a studio ever. apartment, and you're trying to like write your novel. Is it but just the jacket? Having... It might be, but it's just it's the, the whole look right now. What about without the glasses? This is the least athletic you have ever looked. You look so nerdy Oof. and just like hipster douchey. Nah. But like it's a good thing. I'm gonna have to end it. But Can't. I think that's what I'm saying. Like you just ripped off your glasses, almost changed the whole look. Okay. Yeah. Well, these are blue, blue light glasses. Like... I've been staring at screens all day. I need to have these on. <laughs> if you went in a telephone booth, it feels like you come out of <laughs> Superman. But I wanted to tell you I love you because I don't feel like people might get that vibe from our podcast. You always say our podcast is so dark. Uh, yeah. I mean, it definitely leans more dark than light. That's not... Like, I want to be light. Alright, well... But I just mean, like... in the, well, Although, to be fair, last week we talked about... to be light. We like, talked about cats last week for 20 minutes. Everyone must have loved that. That was pretty light. I can't imagine anyone not liking it. I mean, I can. I can imagine a whole <laughs> bunch of people being like, this is... I have, a lot worst. More to, I have a lot more I can say about cats. <laughs> go back to no, no, no. Let's not talk about cats. <laughs> Oh man, um, no. But seriously, like, well, we I have. You. I love you too. Thank you, I appreciate that. But like, we have a very strong relationship. I think that conveys. But I hope that people understand that we're happy people. I'm and the happy. reason why we do this is because we enjoy life so much. We enjoy each other so much, and we enjoy talking. Why not put it down? And then if someone wants to listen to it, good. Then they listen to it. But ultimately, I want the, I want the people who listen to it either now or down the line or if we go back to listen to it in the future, I understand 
that hey at the end of, oh at the end of the day I didn't say it doesn't you're about count. to it does doesn't count. count oh not in the bucket yet nope it counts that we're happy and that we're I don't know not dark I want the energy to be good okay I want positive vibes I agree positive vibes only we're a positive vibes we're only positive podcast people. And sometimes we sound like doomers, and I don't. I'm not a doomer. And like you say later in this podcast, maybe listen to find <laughs> out. I always think that there's a way out of the worst situation. Like I'm always looking for the positives. I always see hope on the horizon, but I do think in the immediate future for a lot of people in this country, it's gonna get rough. And it's gotten rough, and it's going to continue to get rough. And I don't know when it gets better, but I do think long-term it does. And that we can all pull through. And it can happen whenever we want, and we're just choosing to not let it happen. So I feel like we've been resisting it. For, like when Trump won, I was like, we can do it now. And I was so naive. I always, I'm always amazed at how naive I am. And I guess I'll reach the next stage of maturity yeah, like, when I'm no longer fooling myself. That like, Well, it's... <laughs> well, you know how... There's, like, post-modern cynicism? Yes. Okay. That same, like, cycle of, like, modern, post-modern, post-modern cynicism, like, that same thing happens in, like, your life. Like, you go, look at how great life is when you're young. Then you, like, are, like, 18, you learn to vote. You're like, I'm going to change change the the world. world. And you start to get a little cynical. Then you find hope and you go, everything's going to be okay. It's all right. It was bad. We're going to fix it. And then you realize, oh, no. <laughs> it never gets fixed. It never gets fixed. But that's good because now you get most of your life to just forget about it and do things like you want to do. Like build a playground in your backyard. I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really all that matters. That's what we're trying to do. But I do think that, you know, at the start of this podcast, we talked a lot about the election and politics, and I kind of want. Did Alonzo win it? Pete Alonzo just murdered Trey Mancini. Yeah, he's a beast. All right, the home run derby's over. Your winner again, Pete Alonzo. How many Beer years can softball champion Alonzo win the home run derby? I petition that if he wins again next year, the rest of the field actually does get softball pitchers to underhand them, and they only have to hit to like the 150 yard depth that a softball player would and see hit. who can take down Peter. Like put him in like a carnival. Who can out hit the amazing Peter Alonzo? <laughs> exactly, that'd be really good. He's like the bearded lady. Oh, that's a pretty cool trophy. That it's is a, a cool spinner trophy. necklace. Yeah, wow. I like that. I guarantee you a lot of the country is actually watching the Home Run Derby tonight. Like, they're going to get... I think it probably got pretty good ratings tonight. Baseball's awesome. Baseball's good. Except for the actual sport is they're ruining it, man. And the Yankees especially. Like, the Yankees... Here's why baseball's really suffering, and they won't ever want to admit this. The two biggest franchises, the, the two franchises that generate the most attention are the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Yankees. But the New York Yankees, especially in this country, are watched everywhere. Yep. They play the worst, most boring baseball, and this year especially, the most heartbreaking brand of baseball. Manfred should actually, like, find the Yankees. <laughs> like, you, you're you not allowed to play like this. Like, that's why Tommy Smokes wrote that blog, like, 
last year about Fernando Tatis, like how like Manfred needs to step in and, and put Fernando Yankee. Tatis in Yankee. Just for the, it's for the good of baseball. Like if we want baseball to succeed, that's what you have to do. Unfortunately for everyone else. Sorry, Padres. We don't make the rules. How good was that trade video? Uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, what did you do this weekend? What did I do? Yeah, it was Rachel's birthday. Right, we celebrated. Nice. And then it what did you do to lot. celebrate? We had family over. You weren't invited. Thanks, appreciate that. Actually, you were away. I was away. That's it. You know, the huge. What'd you do on Sunday? Well, we were pretty much here most of the day, but I worked in the morning. Interesting. Do you think that... No. Well, do you think that U.S. politics, the way we understand it, will prevail in the long run? What do you mean? Like, what What mean you understand it as? Or just like... The way it's been our whole life. Is this political system go- going to change dramatically soon, or is it destined to continue? No, it'll change dramatically soon. How? Uh, like, even if it's not the way we think it'll change, like the the crazies on the left will change it. Like, when the... Wing- it, may, it may not be for the good, but, like, it'll change. When the Republicans were established and then miraculously won an election, that changed the country. What do you mean? Well, that Abraham Lincoln was the first Republican president. Yeah. Before then, it was the Democrat Party and the Whig Party. Correct. When the Republicans ran on essentially abolishing slavery and ending the, the practice of slavery in the country and won, it, to, it totally upset the way we understood, well, they, to that point, they understood the the parties because all of a sudden the Whigs dissolved later on. Um, could something right. like that happen now? Could like the yes. Democrats absolutely get blown out? Yeah, hundred percent. Party rise somehow. Hundred percent. But that's why I think the third party is set up the way it is set up. The third party, I feel like, is set up so that it can't become an actual threat to the two parties. But what I think has the potential to happen is a real candidate needs to start like like the Tea Party was ahead of its time. Like the Tea Party was a little too early. But the, the Tea Party people are still up for grabs. Like they've probably fell more into like the GOP than anything. But like those people I think are still up for grabs. So like if in okay yeah oh if in like a couple years for the 2024 election a new party arises not running as an independent not running as green party not running as libertarian like an actual different named party call it well the I'm the, trying, I'm the party of up. american politics whatever you want to call it did you see and the it, guy and in it Arizona? runs Tulsi Gabbard yeah Someone who joins both sides, yeah, I think it. I think it 100 has a chance. Did you see the guy in Arizona who put out an ad today and it went viral? He 
He's running no. for Senate. I was trying to look it up. I can't. Does he not his have name. a party? No, he's kind of. He's running as a Republican, but he actually he actually also called out Bobert. I like I like Bobert a lot, but I don't mind. I don't mind these competing ideologies in the party, like. This guy out of Arizona, I forget his name. I apologize. Look at look at the Democrats. That's what happens when you don't have competing ideologies in a party. And a guy like Howley, who are kind of more populist in their economic approach, they appeal to people like me. I'm, at this point in time, a little leery, though, of those types of policies now. But I think I'm just hesitant to trust the current financial system generally anyway but if we have competing ideologies where you have a guy like who's running for as a populist but like build the wall end the wars be a republican not a democrat who are crazy have have strong families and stuff and be like yeah but that's not what's gonna do it. young and cool he's that's fine for for being a senator in arizona but if we're talking about like a true changing of the political landscape as we know it it's not that it might be no it's not because those people will still be labeled racist that's the issue no i don't think he could be. oh 100 that's what i'm telling you like the greatest issue that we saw in the 2020 election was like people like andrew yang and tulsi gabbard running as democrats people need to stop doing that if you're running against the democrats you can't do it as a democrat and, to be honest, you can't really do it as a Republican either. You kind of have to be your own thing at this point. The GOP has a lot less structural control over its party. Like, the Democrat yeah. Party is so concentrated in urban areas. And the, and, and the establishment is... Like, guys like Howley, senators in rural spots, Ted, Ted Kennedy uh, out of Louisiana is a good example. But my... A lot of these guys are very independent in their organization, their outreach, and... I get that, but my I guess my point is this. Even at DeSantis, like, those it's, types of candidates can run these centrist tracks right to the White House without party infrastructure. But it doesn't matter, because what I think the, the biggest influence is, like, the sentiment online of today's voting people is, like, if there's a Republican, doesn't matter... What kind of Republican you are? You're a Republican. You're evil. Like, like being a Republican right now is, it's death. I don't so, think, but I don't think that's true or matters. You have two options. I think the voting is the voting the way it is, and I think people are start. Like, I think people understand but you, that. We, we started this conversation. You just talked about a third party. I'm yeah. telling you, like it's. But what I'm saying here's what I'm saying. I think. The same thing you're saying could happen with a third party could happen with one of the two parties if there's a candidate that can be sensible in the middle. And most likely the Republican Party right now because they're the opposition party. But if you had a Tulsi Gabbard and she was able to... You can do it. You can upset the political infrastructure for a lot of reasons here. The only problem is you can't do it. Well... (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's the wor- That's the greatest obstacle to doing it is that you can't. I know that it doesn't make sense, but it does if you think about it. Like, you can do it in terms of p- the actual politics, like winning the hearts and minds of sure. the people. But the act, you'll and, never and be and allowed to do, do it, that. But you can also do it in the political infrastructure too. Like, you could 
out savvy, out maneuver, and out fund people like McConnell eh. and Pelosi. Trump did it. Independent. Like not, DeSantis can do it. DeSantis would do it a different way, though. Howley can do it in Missouri, but not yet. If he gets enough tenure, what I'm saying is, I'm excited to go to Missouri. By the way, you don't have to rely on the the mob bosses in order to take over these parties. Trump completely stiff-armed McConnell. The problem is, once Trump was a one in a million number well, one. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that can happen again. I think they'll just kill that person. Most people aren't Trump. And they that's what I'm saying. It's like you wouldn't be able to they You're they, not gonna get that far. They wouldn't even kill you. Like look what they did to the Tulsi Gabbards. And even the like, poop Pete Buttigieg, like he went in thinking he was gonna be like the next Obama and they shoved him in the Department of Transportation. Get out of here. But look at on the flip side of that, look at Kamala. Kamala they wanted Kamala. They didn't want Joe Biden. They're sick of Kamala too. They wanted Kamala in the beginning. Yeah. And Tulsi wrecked her. Tulsi murdered her. And they had to go... Well, Kamala's got the Hillary Clinton effect, which is, like, the more you're exposed to Kamala, the, the more worst, you can't. Yeah. And the more she just... She does it to herself. Well, she can't speak, number one. And I don't mean, like, like Nancy Pelosi, she can't speak. Like, she can actually form words. It's just what she says is dog shit. She, she says dumb stuff. Yeah. She puts her foot in her mouth a lot. But yeah. not like Joe Biden. Not exactly. Not like... like yeah. Like, she actually says things that are, like... Oh. She no. tells you, like, kind of, like, the truth. <laughs> but poorly. Yeah. Like, like she tells you the truth that, like, you go, oh, wait a minute. Hey. Is this really what... Hey, you're not supposed to say that out loud. Ooh. That was creepy. I Our think people. we're probably creepier. Why? We're in your house. <laughs> not 11 o'clock. They're outside. At 11 o'clock. People aren't allowed to be outside? Were they? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's nice. Do you think... If... There is radical change to our political system... Because we always say, like, for the better, for the worse, and all these things. Could we find common ground on the notion that America is not evil, bad, racist. Can As, we get can we get to that point? Of course we can, but what I think you're gonna find common ground on more is what we talked about in the other segment. Like how how far the some of the left has gone. Yeah. Like, there are people who are just like us that are just, like, in the middle. Like, we're not we're not Republicans. But, yeah. like, we're forced kind of into it. Like, that's what we're going to be voting for for the next few years because what else are we going to do? If we vote. If we even vote. <laughs> exactly. But there are plenty of people on the left who are probably like, man, I, I really hate what, like, the left is. Like, we're, those people are crazy. And, like, I don't like Joe Biden. So... Yeah, of course. Like that, but that's what I'm saying. Like I think there's definitely a path for a true third party, but not the third party avenues that exist currently. It's going to be something different. It's going to be a brand new party, like what the Tea Party tried to do. The Tea Party was extremely successful in the very early going. Like they got they had buzz, but that's, but that's they, why they I think it's possible. Notoriety. 
That's why I think it's possible in the Republican Party because Cause they were just like a branch of it. Because of the because of the rural leanings of the Republican Party, it's not as controlled, and it's not controlled by the same types of people. Like in these cities and in these wealthy power centers of the country, it's hard to just gain power. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing in like Mobile, Alabama, if, and well, Mobile's even a bad example because it's a city, but I'm just saying like, okay, put yourself like 50 miles outside of Mobile, Alabama. Put yourself in the middle of West Like if Virginia. you want to change things and run for stuff. It's run for stuff. It's like 17 people. So it's like, well, we talk to Gil, the town mayor. I mean, we saw it when I called the towns of <laughs> yeah. What was it? Well, I think it was West Virginia. Right? No, it was Wyoming. Was Wyoming? It? Oh yeah. And I was like, there'll be like people come play, like twelve, <laughs> like twelve people play our golf course a day. Oh no, a year. You're like what? <laughs> because like just no one lives in the town. The population is two thousand people. Yeah. We should have done it. We should have moved. We still can. Should have gone to Wyoming. When me and Amanda go out to Missouri, we may just not come back. Debating. I've been looking at land in, in uh, Wisconsin now. Some of it's real nice. Good hunting land. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I just need a little more money, but I feel like that's always going to be the case. Yeah. Especially if you keep having kids. I'm buying silver. All right, I think that's enough for now. Thanks for listening. There's nothing else following the squirt. Do not keep listening to this. There's I know no this is only 20 minutes long, and your Spotify conspiracy theories after and your the Spotify squirt. player says there's still 40 minutes left of this podcast. I know you're probably curious. But there's why. nothing there. Don't listen. That's a secret for only the super fans of the podcast. I mean, the super squirters. No, I mean there's nothing there at all. Have a good night, everyone.
the what's the plan here? I don't know, man. I'm depressed. About life. Fatherhood's already already bored with it. Bored. If anything, I'm worn down. You're worn down from four months of fatherhood. Grinded to a pulp. Might as well just give up now. <laughs> it's not the baby. She's great. It's nice to have like her to be grounded by. Like I was walk when you and Rachel were recording, we walked around the neighborhood. It was really nice. But did you put her in a stroller or did you just like hold her and walk? No, we were in the, she was in the stroller. I do I had I did hold her and walk before it went up and down. But you can't go too far that way cuz she gets like squirmy, squirmy and mm-hmm. sweaty like it's so hot. <laughs> And then she like is, it turns into this like uncomfortable hot like yeah. sweaty thing that whines at you. But in the stroller, she falls right asleep. So then why are you depressed? Everything is going to shit, man. And I don't even mean that in like. Are the... we talking about that now? I thought we were gonna say that for like the main part of the episode. I hope we don't talk about the. I don't want the main part of the episode to be bogged down with how bad everything is, like rainbow dildo butt monkey. Oh boy. <laughs> if that's not a sign of just like society off a cliff, I don't know what is. But I get it. I mean, I think it's. I think right now is probably the most. The world is in. The world is in upheaval. Yeah. It's chaos. There are places right now in the world and some places in our country that are in complete, complete disarray. And they don't really have a choice. And I've been saying it for a long time, and it just seems to keep getting further and further proven true. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And the reason why is because both sides of the aisle just don't understand one another. But the left side of the aisle really doesn't understand the right side of the aisle. And That's the biggest. The longer and longer it goes miss. with so many people feeling so discontented. It's Well, how much longer can, like... People on the right, and I'm not talking about like the like the small percentage, like just the majority of the right, like the people, and not even the right. Forget that. Not even the right. People like us. Like, how long are people like us supposed to be? How much longer can we possibly keep arguing with the same people, trying to get the same points across that they won't acknowledge? Like these pe- these are people that still won't acknowledge that Trump had his campaign spied on. Like, I mean, we're talking about, like, just basic facts from five years ago at this point. Like, we, if we can't get get that across at this point, what are we supposed to do? We can't... There's no communication we can have with these people. None. So, it's like talking to a brick wall, and then at the same time that you're talking to this brick wall, they are just quadrupling down on their crazy stuff. And that is exemplified today... With the rainbow dildo butt monkey. I don't think it was a butt monkey. It's just a monkey. No, it was a rainbow dildo butt monkey because it had its butt out too. The butt out had a huge cock. It was a rainbow fur, and it was like in front of children. I have a lot books. of issues with the statement you just made. What issues? I don't think there's any issues. I have a lot of issues. Because it, like you said, it's not really the left or the right, and it's not really. Like, sure, Trump's campaign was spied on. Who the fuck cares, man? Who cares? 
Who cares that Julian Assange has been in prison for 12 years, his 50th birthday? Who cares that we still don't know the basic facts surrounding 9-11? Who cares that we still don't know what the motivation was for Steven Paddock in his Las Vegas hotel room, even though it definitely wasn't just him and there were possibly shootings at other locations on that night? And many of the witnesses who came out that night and said hey, I think there were multiple shooters ended up dead later on. And who cares about Michael Hastings and his fiery car accident? And who cares about all these things, man? I'm just so sick of it. I'm just so sick of our reality being a series of more and more absurd lies that I have to pretend are true. Well, that's why... That's what I'm tired of. Well, that's why you're sick of it, though, is because, like... We've said this on the podcast many times. (laughs) It's over. This is the end. But not only is it over now, like, it's been over. Like, this war that we're fighting was fought before we started fighting it, and it was lost before we started fighting it. If you're a friend of mine out there listening to this, and you think I've gone crazy because of my, like, social media posts, you don't even know the half of it. But I just want to let you know that regardless of your political affiliations or your ideologies, I'll always do anything I can for you, my friend... A person I can relate to, it has nothing to do with your politics. The anger is directed at the people in power. And I don't know why we're not all just saying this. Why are we not all understanding that the people in power are just simply lying? And I don't know all the things they're lying about. And I don't know to what extent. But but I can tell you, for the most part... Everything we do is based on a series of their assholish lies that are enriching them and impoverishing us, and it's killing millions of fucking people, and I'm sick of it, man. I'm well, sick of the same fucking voices from 2001 when I was 11 goddamn years old. Sorry, getting a little loud. You have a baby sleeping, it's late. Being the same voices now that are telling us why we can't like end wars that are actually still happening. Well, again, you're... The reason why you're upset is because you <laughs> believe that there's a chance it could change and like this could be fixed. It can't, Sal. <laughs> it's done. So like, I don't understand why you're upset. Like, this is your true, world, man. This, this is your world. No, yeah, but it's not that bad. We're like so close to it not being that bad. All we have to do is say, "Hey, guys, stop it." Correct. But the more you fight it, the <laughs> worse it's happens. getting. The worse it's yeah, getting. Right. Like that's why I think it's almost like. You just gotta let it... You you lost. Like, just let them win. I know. Let them keep doing weird shit with the monkeys. Well, I think about it with the masks. The drag and the queens and the masks and your and vaccine. You just gotta let it happen. I remember that before I deleted my Facebook, like, it was at the start of COVID because I couldn't take arguing with the same fucking people who were arguing with me about everything that in my mind was common sense, but in their mind I was, like, the fucking crazy person. Like, we have to keep taking down statues... Even though we're obviously progressively getting to statues of people that we could all objectively say are like important people in our culture and our history. And that was always the point. Robert E. Lee's a bad guy. They're all bad guys. Well that's they're all bad guys. Well, we're that, all bad people. Well, okay. So that's what I always say. I'm not gonna kill myself. Why we Hillary let, Clinton would do it. Why we let the like <laughs> good 
be or let perfect be the enemy, the enemy of, of good. good yeah. Like these like these people in our history are obviously flawed. Every single one of them from Martin Luther Martin King, Luther Jr. King. was an adulterer. Gandhi it, slept with his it, nieces naked in bed every, when they were like 6 years old. Well, he was testing his his, <laughs> his will. Purity. Yeah. So, look, but still, all freaks. but but exactly. Like that's the point. Is like there's no one you can find in history that is a good human. Yeah. So, let's just treat history as what it is. Fucking history, man. It's not supposed to be anything more than just what it is. And then it is our history. Picture, and if you don't want to celebrate it, that's good, fine. The statue. But you statue, can't dude. forget it. No. Because when you forget history, that's when we find ourselves in these situations like today. I don't know. When in history has there ever been a dildo monkey invading a children's library? Well, that's the stuff that gets me irritated. <laughs> like, if you want to get me going, like it's, it's that shit. That stuff to me is really sad because gay people deserve respect. 100%. And they're mostly normal people. 100%. And there's a really radical small minority of people that are that are very extreme and aligned with some very dark people who then do things that I think result in these types of things. This drag queen story time has always been a bad idea. Always been bad. It's always been weird. <laughs> but I've ignored it for the most part. Like, okay. Most people can ignore I, it. Whatever it is, I don't like if it. weird parents want to do weird things exactly. with their children, go but for it. But the second you bring in this the weird monkey <laughs> who's got a huge dildo attached to him in front of children, what that's when doing? I have to go, enough. Well, we said it earlier this morning. Like, that song These... by the... Choir, the San Francisco choir that it's so distressing. We're, I said it earlier today too to you. I still like the song. We're in. I don't like the words, but it's catchy. How, yes, we're in the antagonism <laughs> phase. Yes. of the end game. So now the power they're like gloating, it's which like spike the football. by the way, not for nothing. We talk about we've talked about this with like um, like how the right is so bad at like just everything, like how yeah. easily they lose their. The culture war. Yeah, they just. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is the stuff that we should have been doing. Like the Trump supporters, we should have been antagonizing. Like the 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 time. Like we. Like I really feel like the Trump people. They kind of did. No feeling stuff was antagonizing. No, not enough. It wasn't. It was the lightest. It it wasn't enough. Like they needed to do shit like this, because. No. Yes, because all right. I always believe in this type of thing. We're like, yeah. if you're painted as something and you're not, lean into it. lean into it, because they already think that's what you are anyway. No, that's you're not. never gonna change their mind. See, but that's the look at look no, at no, the no, no. Ins- oh no, hold on, hold on. Okay. Look at the the Capitol riot, how they're painting it, for what they got nothing out of that. You should have fucking went crazy in there. Beware when you stare into the abyss, man. Lest you become what you're what you're fighting, and you don't ever want to do that. So, on the one hand, we can talk about the Capitol riots. Probably this is the best section to talk about it. We were cheering those fuckers on, man. Hell yeah, that day was awesome. I would do it. I have no regrets. I have no remorse. Nothing. Well, we weren't there, so we weren't there. No regrets. We were watching live stream, but like honestly, that was what a protest. We said it on this podcast. That's that what a protest, what a protest is. is. Bring it to now, the Capitol. The violence against the police officers, okay, you don't want individuals to engage in violence against police officers, but me and you, 
We're not people who are like, hey, blue lives matter, people. Nope. If you're a cop and you're, a, I know, I have friends who are cops. I have great, I have, we have, I have friends who are cops relatives too. who are cops. Yep. And we, I believe with my heart of hearts, those people that I know are probably great cops in their yep. everyday duty. But the cops in general are the, are the they're military flawed. arm of the state, man. And they're flawed. But, but as a, as an organization, they're flawed. Yes. Yeah. But, but. When it comes time, when push comes to shove, when these protests do turn violent, which they all do anyway, all the time, the it's the people versus the cops in every situation. So you could say, oh, yeah, don't assault police officers. But when it turns into a fucking melee, it's going to be a melee. But what about the cops who let people into the Capitol? That's what I was about to get to. But a majority of the things that people are outraged about at the Capitol are the are the things that happened peacefully when people entered the Capitol. There was no melee inside the Capitol. Well, there was were, one. Yes, okay, there was, a, there was a skirmish. But for the most part... No, I'm talking about Ashley Babbitt. Oh, she was shot in that. Yeah, well, that was... It's a melee. That was, that was not. That was an execution. But regardless, to frame it as an insurrection is so dishonest, especially when you frame it and juxtapose it with what had already predated it for over a year and a half. Well, that's... Okay, so... So it hurt. So it's it's only adding fuel to the fire. It's making is, things worse. Are it's what the Democrats them, are great at. They do it are, all the time. Are either of them okay? Right, like the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin riots, the looting, the burning down of the city. Not Wisconsin. Is Wisconsin? Minnesota, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Okay, right. Like those. That wasn't great. Like you, de- you definitely shouldn't be burning down your own city. But, and I, I think I've been consistent on this since. Uh, Mike Brown back in 2015 or 2014, whenever Mike Brown was. Yeah, I get it. Like I, I get the feeling of a community feeling victimized by police who are shooting them at will. Okay, that's or or murdering them, and you don't get the. There's no justice for it. And I also and, get not trusting the police version of events. A hundred percent. So you have a community that is is angered, and you know what they do. They loot they and they riot. Out. Now, I don't think that was the best way to go about it. I'm all for protest. I'm all for I'm I'm not against I don't know how to say this on a podcast, but like I'm not against rioting. But I just don't think you should do it on your own businesses in your community. Well no, I, I also don't think all right, I'm not ever gonna be for rioting and looting and pillaging aimlessly. Like if if the if the goal I is am. if the goal is change and the Soul motivation is outrage. You're never going to accomplish it by stealing from from like a target. It's never going to do anything. Correct, but I agree, and that's what I'm saying. Like what the what the Trump people did on January 6th was they took it to the Capitol. They, that's where. That's where. So if the people in Wisconsin what? take it to the local police station, I don't know, but like taking it like what you're saying to Target, what's that doing? People on. The left side of the aisle tend to miss the fact that many Trump supporters have no reason or have not for a very long time trusted any institutions of government. In 2016, believed the election there was cheating going on in that election and that Trump won in spite of the cheating that was going on. So it's not like when you say, oh, the big lie, Trump was lying to his Trump supporters. Most ninety percent of Trump supporters, they could give a shit about what Trump says or doesn't say. They voted for Trump 
for very specific reasons. They voted for Trump as a rejection of a political establishment that predated Trump. So when Trump comes out there, that rage that they felt as a stolen election wasn't necessarily, oh, it was stolen from Trump. It was, it was stolen from us, dude. Well, that's... But, <laughs> stole from but me, dude, man. Like, that's where, like, that's where I have my issues because... And well, we yeah. like when Trump won in 2016. We watched it on the news that night of them like just blaming. Like I can't believe there are that many hateful people out there that would vote the for this man. And I spent four years trying to explain to people why maybe someone like me would have voted for Donald Trump. And they didn't listen for four years. So like I'm like that conversation is done. Like there's no more arguing with these people. So that's why when something like January sixth happens and I fully believe that the election is stolen from what you just said. Not from Trump. From the people. The will of the people. Well now, now there are consequences for that. And that's what January sixth was. It were the people up lashing out. So it frustrates me. Like I like Sidney Powell. And, Ge- and General Flynn and these figures that are now being lambasted and dragged around like Sidney Powell had to sit in front of this fucking hearing in Detroit, Michigan today where they just pretty much said that every single page of her lawsuit was lies and all she was saying was like I have 936 affidavits you're saying that every single one of them is essentially creating a lie we've never even had a trial on any of these facts you refuse to go through them, and then the judge like picks out three specific ones and tries to pull them apart. And Sidney Powell is perfectly able to defend why they're included into this. And then every news article that comes out about the hearing focuses only on how the judge was like, all of these are lies, picked out three cases, and doesn't go into any specifics. And then people buy it. But what a seven-hour hearing gets represented by journalists who aren't lawyers. They're journalists, and their job is to frame stories, and all they do is frame stories, and 90% of them go a specific way. You can't help but wonder, or not wonder, but you can't help but obviously be aware of the fact that there's a narrative being constructed. There always is a narrative constructed, and if you're, if you're just someone who happens to not buy that narrative, which should be everyone, but unfortunately apparently isn't most people, it, it sucks to live here. Because you people are insufferable. Like, I get it, you just read the news story and you say, this is truth now, I understand the situation because the print words say this, but you can't read between the lines at all and you would never watch the six-hour hearing that Sidney Powell was dragged in front of or listen to Sidney Powell in her own words defend herself or watch a video of someone with a different point of view who breaks it down from a different perspective because the world usually has more than one side to a story than what the AP fucking writes or what's printed in the Washington Post, or what's presented on Rachel Maddow, that maybe the conservative and the liberal opinion sometimes meet in the middle somewhere. And like people like me who see the world that way tend to get beaten down in this society because, yeah, I get I watch Tucker Carlson now, but I only watch Tucker Carlson now as a choice. Like I used to watch CNN and MSNBC as a choice, and I don't watch him very often. I only watch him when I'm really interested to see his perspective on specific things. things. And that would be a liberal person if there was any legitimate voice on the other side of the aisle. But you're all lunatics, and I can't take it anymore. So obviously I can take it because I have to. I'm subjected to it all the time. I will listen to the narratives. But, man, I get the Epoch Times that's sitting on this coffee table right in front of us delivered to my door. I read that newspaper. 
Like, I'm not an uninformed person, but I don't read and absorb the same news and information that most of the, I guess, mainstream individuals do. That doesn't make well, me better or worse informed, but it does make me informed differently, and that can be okay. Well, this is... First of all, that was perfect, and I didn't really want to, like, change anything. But what I would add is this. And we've said this a million times now. The people on the left, specifically, are in a very unique position. Because everything around them is designed to prop them up and tell them, you're better. You're smarter. You know it all. You're right. You're so right. And you're morally better. You're good. There's no reason for you to have to put up with anyone else's opinions. Meanwhile, people like you go, okay, I, I know all the information. Oh, this person has a different opinion. Let me talk to them about how I think they're wrong. They're, they're getting a fact. They're literally getting this fact wrong. Let me talk to them about it. And then they go, you're a nitwit. You're an idiot. You're a racist. You're a Trump supporter, so your opinion doesn't matter. You go, wait a minute, hold on. Why can't we actually discuss this thing? And it's not allowed to happen. Because they don't care about your opinion. They don't know your opinion. They don't know your story. They don't know but that's not, any of the facts. I don't want to generalize that, like that because I don't think that's necessarily true. There are so many people out there that do want to know the other side, but I just don't know how open-minded they are to those alternative – the alternative facts. The facts that don't – what what the here are the two different competing perspectives. On the one side, you have people who see – the world as evidence. You need evidence for everything, right? And that's good. We should require evidence for everything. But then what they do is they look to the mainstream for that evidence. And the, and the mainstream does this. It says, here's the evidence that aligns with the world as we all see it and as we present it to you. This is the evidence you require. But what those people then do is they take all the information that could counter the information that they're presenting as the worldview and stifling it deliberately to keep the constructed worldview. Meanwhile, there are people that can access the information that's being stifled or decide to at least entertain the possibility that that information might not be dangerous or outright untrue whole cloth. And when you do that, you come to... you can't reconcile the two. Just like, okay, I yesterday was talking about to one of my friends about the not really talking about this specifically, but was questioned on the idea of fossil fuel. And like there's a lot of people and scientists too, like not just nobodies, who believe that in the late eighteen hundreds fossil fuel as a term was coined by the Rockefellers and Rothschilds in Geneva, Switzerland at a at a at a oil energy convention and that the notion of fossil fuel was only invented to keep peak oil as a thing, the idea that oil is going to run out and that oh every time we drill, you know, it's going to be empty. But in reality, oil is the second most abundant liquid on the planet next to oil, next to water, and it doesn't have any relation to carbon plant matter in its production. Now, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a geologist. I'm not an oil tycoon. I'm, I'm no one. But I'm interested in that theory because I know I've seen a lot of opinions from people who seem to be very educated on it, who present interesting arguments. But I would never tell someone that I know that. You see the difference? Yeah. So then I go on my social media accounts and I shitpost. 
because I'm so sick of the way that the other side sounds. And in my head, I think that everyone understands that I'm just no. kind of satirizing no. the dialogue in my extreme dialogue. But they don't, and that's fine, because I don't care. Because that's the point. Like, I've reached my... I stopped a long time ago caring, caring. whether yeah. or not you thought that I was being an asshole about this. We are. It is so extreme. The way people talk about global warming on the left is cute. Adorable. The way they talk about COVID on the left is, a, is adorable. This is such a crisis that if you're ignoring it, you're literally a monster. You're a fucking murderer. You're this, you're that. If you ignore the political corruption and the absolute tyranny being wreaked upon the world population by the international intelligence community that is centered in England, London, in D.C., Washington, the CIA, MI6, the wars around the world. If, you're, if you don't think that that's actually the biggest existential threat to any sovereign human being, if you don't see the way the billionaire class is consolidating their wealth and power and shifting everyone's focus constantly on, on grandier and grandier world phenomenon that are changing our ways of life over the course of your lifetime, if you can't put this together, you're sending us over a cliff and I'm stuck to you. I am glued to you at the hip while your head is so fucking deep in the sand. And it kills me when I talk to people I really care about, people I love. And I lay things out to them and I'm like, this is where I'm coming from. This is why I feel the way I feel and I vote the way I vote and I support the people I support. And their only reaction is to call me things like racist or crazy or an extremist now. We, and they don't see how these buzzwords like domestic terrorist, conspiracy theorist, white supremacist, racist, to get you to alienate people you're close to based on their opinions. They can't see that. Not even just opinions. Thoughts and ideas. Yes. Like, just for you having ideas, you're an enemy. That was beautifully laid out. I have nothing else to say. All right, let's start the podcast. Perfect. Welcome to After the Squirt Ports, where we come together and talk about the world's busiest ports. So, there was a boat at the port of Newark. <laughs> I was kidding. I have nothing about ports. It's After the Squirt Sports. <laughs> You're right, that was really stupid. <laughs> but I liked it. You didn't like Okay, you did like it. Okay. Yeah, well, absolutely. All right. Um, right up after my the alley. squirt sports, what do we want to talk about And after the squirt sports? Well, we're currently in the middle of the home run derby, and Pete Alonso is making baseball look like a joke. Yeah, Pete Alonso is hilarious. It was amazing. I used to get like this like rivalry between Pete Alonso and Aaron Judge, and they're very different. Pete yeah. Alonso's a joke of a baseball player. But like really good. Way. Like, in a great way. Like, he's fantastic. He but like hits hilarious. But and just Judge hilarious. Judge is, like, really a seriously good baseball player, but, like, kind of frustrating so far. He needs Pete Alonso to, like, rub off on him a little bit. I wish bit. he had Pete Alonso's charisma. Yeah, like, he why needs does, a, 
Like Judge has Pete Alonso. Um, now you know what Judge Judge has presence, and Pete Alonso has like charisma. Yeah, um, Pete Alonso is on Meat Eater with Stephen Ornelli. He's a hunter. Do I like open that, that door for the dog? Uh, no. Come on, he's scratching. He wants to be in here. Okay. Uh, Italy won. The oh Euros. yeah. <laughs> and I like I don't know if anyone actually like cared that I know. But I like watching reactions from like Amer- Italian Americans and like like down the Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah like, what? <laughs> I love that shit. I know it's stupid. I'm one of the people that's like I'm such a hypocrite, and I'm I'm willing to admit it when I am. But I'm always like, oh, you're not Irish American. You're just American. You just happen to have Irish ancestors. But when it comes to Italian Americans, like, no. But honestly, I'm an Italian. I'm an Italian. I, <laughs> like, I could live in Italy. I see the pictures, of, like the people on the team, and I'm like, that's me. That's me, man. Like, we share the, the same. same exact lifestyle. Life we grew up the same. They get it, man. I've been. You. We've both been to Italy. Yeah. Well. I don't. I really don't count like I've ever been to Italy. Yeah. I feel like if I've only I've only been to Venice and I was only there for a couple of days. I feel like that I counts. haven't really been that, to Italy. That counts. I've been to Venice. You have to. That's still Italy. Yeah, but it's not really. Uh, yes, of course it is. It's a totally different thing than Italy. But it's Italy. There's no fucking roads. It's still Italy. It's in fact, it's one of the most popular tourist destinations in Italy. Correct. So you've been to Italy. You've been to Italy way more than most people. Eh. Anyway, Sal, this is after the squirt sports, not after the squirt ports. Ports, <laughs> Venice, <laughs> which is a port city. Um, actually, it's not. I think it's just a, a on the water. It's just on the water. I don't think there's any port at all. Um. So I don't really want to talk about any other sports. <laughs> I want to talk about the Yankees. Okay. And how close I was to murdering. To, no, no, no. Every no, no, no. How close I was. To changing my tune on this season. Oh, right. How excited no, see, I, was. I was never close at all. No, look, good for you. They, I was never they close. fooled me. They were pulling me back in. I said, we're going to sweep the Houston Astros. Fool. We have a thing now with the jackets. You called me. I wasn't even watching the, the third game of the yeah, series. That's my fault. I, I, feel I bad. completely even forgot baseball's thing. I was so content with the two wins because I have no expectations anymore. And now I think we're sellers. So, like, sellers in my mind. I don't even care what we do. Like, let's go sweep the Astros. I don't care. It doesn't change anything because we're so far behind. But I wasn't even paying attention to the game, and you called me. I called you. I was like, the lead. I was like, game's over. We're going to sweep the Astros. And I was like, don't say that. Seven to two. We're going to lose. And then. uh, You said Gary hit a home run. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, we're still going to lose, though. And then Chad Green had the meltiest meltdown (laughs) I've ever seen him have. Like, every pitch was just barreled in the gap. Double. Double. How bad is that for someone's confidence? Honestly, bad. But also, going into the All-Star break, I actually don't think it's that big of a deal. Because I think you just... I do think the All-Star break kind of... If you're having a bad first half, wipe the slate clean. Yeah. Like, who cares? Jeffrey's having a pretty good first half. You had half a good first half, and game. you had an awful game going right into it. Eh, who cares? One off. So I'm not too worried about, it, like, for his... But I just mean but like I'm worried but about I just it. mean like in the moment, like every time you throw a pitch and the ball is just <laughs> getting crushed. Just absolute drilled. And like here's the thing. If you win the series two out of three, that's good. But it's not good when you could have swept, you had a lead, and it's 
You're fucking, going into the ninth inning with a five-run lead. You Jose, should, you win that game, man. It's Jose Altuve. Every time this motherfucker walks us off, it makes no sense. How have I had to watch this dude walk us off three times? It's crazy. I can't. I can't take it anymore. Where does he rank on the list of Yankee killers? Number two behind Randall Grichik, because somehow Randall Grichik is still above him. What about no Altuve's a pretty big one. Altuve's probably one. Are we talking like all time? Because like all time, he might be three. Because number two is probably still like Ortiz and Manny. Yeah, they were big. Like we never learned to just not pitch to those guys. But like that's what I'm saying. Like, just load the bases. Like don't give Altuve anything he could come close to hitting. But the stat that we want to talk about. All of baseball's four hundred and ninety-three and two this season when going into the ninth inning with a four-run leader more. The two losses in that record are both the Yankees. That's pretty atrocious. When you think about it, that means the rest of baseball is four hundred and ninety-one. No, four hundred and ninety. Let's assume. What did you say we were? We were five and two in games like that. Well, that's what you just assumed. We don't know the actual number. Okay, so we didn't look it up. But let's say we let's say it was something like five and two. Then you're saying the rest of baseball is then four hundred and like eighty-seven and zero, and the Yankees are five and two. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, little update: Trey Mancini just hit seventeen. Let's go, Trey. And he's got another minute of bonus time that he's earned. Can he upset the reigning champ? I mean, that was a lot of home runs. Trey Mancini's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Good for him. This be a big story. Cancer survivor upsets so, Pete Alonso. So yeah, I don't I don't know what the Yankees do. Um I'm I'm all in on being sellers and just try How to say you not your... sell. Because then the option is... Well, you, you can't really buy. We have well, no, that's what I'm saying. We have then no the, cap room, then even the though there's do, no cap in this sport. Then the option is do nothing. And that's an unacceptable option. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. But if you sell, who... Everything. Anything and everything. Like, you judge? just save the league. Give me an offer. Like, are you selling Judge? What do you want to give me? Maybe I'll sell Aaron Judge. I mean, I could use Judge next season, obviously. He's fucking Aaron Judge. He's the top five player in the game. But if you're like a team that wants Aaron Judge, I'm listening. And I'm listening on Gary, and I'm listening on every everybody but Lewisica and... Aaron Judge is probably the only person on my list that I'm like... Domingos. You can't have Domingos. Well, obviously, but he's part of the future when selling. Like, uh, Aaron Judge is probably my number one guy. Like, you can't have him. Dude, Trey Mancini is going off. How many is he at? Uh, he's up to 20... 22. All right. He's still got 30 seconds. Oh, no, 21. I thought that one got out. That should be gone. That should be 22. Nope. It looks like he's going to be stuck on 21. But, yeah, so... I don't know, man. I think it's a lot easier to go when you know what the other person hit, too. Yeah, because you have, like, a number that you're trying to hit. You're just, like, counting to that number. 
I don't think that's going to be enough. I think Alonzo's going sh- to hit another 40. <laughs> <laughs> what, did they have three minutes again? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Seems yeah, like a, a lot of cakewalk for a Oh, my God. I don't know how you walk the next day. Your arms just must be, like, hanging, dragging on the ground. All right. That's really it for after the squirt sports. Um, we're very close to football season, believe it or not. Nine. We're nine Sundays away. I was get I was reading a lot of the Dolphins football sub and there were a lot of Tua stats that were getting me excited. It's so weird to be a Yankee Dolphin fan and looking forward to the Dolphins more than the Yankees. More than the Yankees. But it's the way of life right now. As where it stands right now, the Dolphins haven't played a game. The Yankees are at the All Star break. Who's yes. got a better chance to make the playoffs? The Dolphins. Right? <laughs> and like, it's not even close, really. I, like, like, I expect the Dolphins to make the playoffs. I don't expect the, the Yankees to make the playoffs. No, not at all. So, that's a weird that's a weird role reversal. It's never happened in my lifetime. They've made the playoffs. What are you talking about? Where the Dolphins have higher expectations than the Yankees. Really? No. I guess that makes sense. The Dolphins have never like, been good in their been, lifetime. There's only like three. The only teams. other the only other stretch where the Yankees were bad enough where the Dolphins would even have a chance would be like 2014. And they were terrible then. And 15 and 16 with like the Hafner and stuff. And they were bad. Yeah. But like they weren't that bad. Like they were still expected to win games and still expected and, to go playoffs. And the Dolphins were bad. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> And then, like, when the Dolphins were really good in, like, 2003, like, after Marino retired, but Ricky Williams was That was, was when really the Yankees good. were in their dynasty. Yeah, like, the so Dolphins like, still weren't that good, and the Yankees were really good. Hey, they might win the World Series again this year. So, so yeah, this is very weird. Now, does it count that in the beginning of the season, the Yankees still had higher expectations? Actually, it's not true, because in 91, 2, 3, 4, 5, before 96... The Yankees weren't that good. And the Dolphins with Marino were Super Bowl contenders. So that, but, but I wasn't a you sports were, fan. You were one, two, three, four, <laughs> and five years old. So, so for counting. It doesn't that. count. Okay. So, yes. Let's go, Dolphins. Tua. Tua was like number two in the league on like expected completions on deep balls and number two in the league on like expected passes on really tight windows. What does that mean, expected? Like, expected Woba? Like, like whatever they grade that, I don't even know. But I, but it just sounds good, so I'm like, that sounds Did great. Did your dog just walk out the garage? No, he's right here. Are you sure? Yep. Positive. Mm-hmm. If he walks out there, the light goes on. <clears throat> That's how I would know he's leaving. And then Ooh. I go, Quinn. Get back here. All right, let's start the podcast. Bye. 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 <laughs>